Chut, chut, everyone. Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm your host, Drew Gratch, and today I'm talking all about Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1, Episode 2, Part 2. This episode was released on Disney Plus on May 27th, 2022, and has a runtime of 41 minutes. The episode was directed by Deborah Chow and was written by Joby Harold. Obi-Wan's mission brings him to a crime-ridden world, home to all manners of scum and villainy. Yeah, guys, so talking about episode two, we I, I just did the podcast for episode one, so you can go back and check that out. Um, and episode three drops in a manner of hours, and I can't wait for it. Can't wait to see where this show continues. We'll be halfway through the show tonight. We'll be halfway through. Because we've seen the first episodes. I have three left. So yeah. Um, so I I liked this episode. I didn't love it. Um, but I I I liked it. I thought it was solid. Uh, I just wish it was a bit longer, honestly. Like I mean really honest, I think this episode should have been around, you know, at least like 46, 47 minutes. Like closer to where uh part one was. But yeah, so we are going to get right into spoilers here um, throughout part two. So, here we go. Uh, so, Obi-Wan has left the sands of Shatween. He's left them. And he is now going to the world of Dayu to find Princess Leia. And I'm back also. Tem Morrison has returned. Which I love that cameo. I loved that freaking cameo. When when we saw um, what when when we saw Tim Morrison show up, as that five zero first clone trooper, and he goes spare any credits, help a veteran get a meal. Like I loved that, I thought it was really great. And you would think that, you know, he might recognize o- Obi Wan because he was five zero first, and because the leader of the five zero first was Anakin Skywalker. So, I mean, maybe that'll come up later on, but I doubt it. But, again, it was really great to see Tamar Morrison be part of the show. The, the only actor who's been in all three shows thus far. So, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so Kenobi wanders the streets a bit. Um, he finds a kid who's like, I, I can take you to, to a Jedi, and the Jedi takes him to. Uh, his name, I believe his name is Hassan, I think. Let's check up on IMDb right here. Um, IMDb states, uh, Haja, Haja. Yeah, um, Haja is, I actually like how the character of Haja, you know, played by Kumail Nanjiani, who was one of my favorite parts of Eternals, and I, I quite like Eternals. I I don't dislike that movie at, at all. I, I think it's I think it's solid, but I thought that he was great in that movie as Kingo. Uh, I want to see more of him in the MCU. I want to see more of him in Star Wars now. You know what, man? Kumail Nanjiani, like getting to be part of the MCU and joining the Star Wars universe in the span of six months. That's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So. Um, yeah, one of my favorite lines there was, 
This is a Jedi mind trick. I am now entering your mind. I, I love that. That was hilarious to me. Um, and Obi-Wan confronts him after that. <laughs> and he has that great line after, after Haja tells him the price. And he goes, goodness, that light is unforgiving. I mean, it's a really good deal. Like, I love that. Um, but yeah, Kenobi pulls the gun on him. And is like, no, I, I know what you're doing here. Hello there. So... Yeah, then moving moving past that, um, Obi-Wan becomes Walter White for a scene or two from Breaking Bad. That's, that's what he does, that's what he decides to do, which I, I thought was hilarious. And I loved, I loved that there was a Breaking Bad reference in Star Wars. We got the Breaking Bad reference in Zootopia. Getting it in Star Wars now, I thought it was hilarious. That was hilarious. Um, and we actually, so I, I, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, I was with some friends this weekend in Northern Michigan, essentially the, the entire Tuscan radio crew, say for, I, I, say for one or two people, but the entire, almost the entire, at least the entire current crop of Tuscan radio went up there this weekend. And we, we screened the episodes. There were a couple of us there who had, actually, no, I was the only one there who had seen Kenobi previously. Like Michael was there. Yvonne was there. Alex was there. And, well, Alex hasn't actually been on an episode of Tuscan in a long, long time, but he was still there and he's very active in another more podcast, but we, we screened the first episodes and when this scene came on, everyone was like, that's just Breaking Bad, but Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah, I did really love just getting to watch the, the, this show up there with some friends and this, that, I think, I think at that point was my third time watching it and it was their first. So yeah, I just really loved that experience was all just watching new star wars together which yeah it's something we've lost you know like as much as i love these shows as much as i love these shows and, and i love the star wars disney plus shows. i think mandalorian is absolutely fantastic i think it's the best it's one of the one of if not the best show on tv on tv right now um i thought i thought book of Fett was solid i really like that show um, and I'm really digging Kenobi, so I, I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of the Star Wars Disney Plus shows, but I miss the movies. I miss the movies. I, I, I want to sit in a theater again and see a new Star Wars film. I really want to do that. Now you do it with Marvel on like couple times a year now you know we're seeing we're four four comes out next month you know i i just really really wish that we could get a star wars movie soon and rogue squadron's not gonna make that date next year there is no star wars movie coming out next year so that makes me sad i hope i hope we get something like before 2025 you know but it might it may be 2025 is next movie and you know what I'm I'm okay with that. I'd like to see a movie come out while I'm in high school. Because Rise of Tower came out when I was in 8th grade. I was in 8th grade when that movie came out. I'll be a sophomore in college. In December 2025. Because I feel like that's the next movie. I mean, unless... I mean, what could happen... What could happen... Is... We could... For, like, so we have Avatar 2 this year. 
We could get Avatar 3 next year, potentially. Then we could maybe have two back-to-back years of Star Wars movies. You know? I think if the movies are good, it's not a problem. You know? With maybe a, a year, like, every so often, like, once every decade or so. Maybe not every decade, but still. If, like, every so often you get back-to-back years of Star Wars movies, I don't think it's a problem. But don't make it an annual thing. Star Wars should be special. It should be an event. It Star Wars should be an event, you know? And I feel like with the Disney movies, it just wasn't an event because it was every year. Particularly Solo. Solo did not feel like an event whatsoever. As much as I really liked that movie, I really enjoyed Solo. Bryce Skywalker, that felt like an event, even though the movie was awful, in my opinion. But, yeah. Um, I just want to see Star's moving theaters again. And Kathleen Kennedy actually said that the, the current uh, state of Star's movies they're developing are going to be set um, in the sequel era. I, I think she may have, like, gone a bit more specific and said post Rise of Skywalker, which... I'm thrilled with that. Move the story forward. You know, it's fine with like, if we get little gaps filled in here and there on Disney Plus. But like, in terms of movies, I want to be going forward. I really want to be going forward and not, and not know where the story's going to end up. You know, that's that's what I want. That's what I want. And I, and I think the film should go thousands upon thousands of years into the future. That's what I, I think we should do after the sequels. I, I, I think that the next thing to do is just remove yourself just so much from the Skywalker saga. Because, I mean, 67 years. That's how long it is in timeline between The Phantom Menace and The Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot you can do there. There's a lot you can do. But there's also just a huge, expansive universe you can explore. That 67 years is a blink of an eye. And there's a lot to have in those 67 years, believe me. But you can do so much more. You can do so much more. And I want them to do more. So yeah, moving on. Moving on now. Um, the Inquisitors arrive on Daiju. Oh no, there's one line that Kenobi had when he was captured there by, by Flea for a second. He goes, well, everybody bleeds. And he drops the powder on the floor. It shatters. I love that scene. I thought that scene was great. Um, he rescues Leia. I love that both Ben and Han call Leia your highness in like ingenuine and sarcastic ways. I love that. I think it's great. Um, I really loved that confrontation there between Riva and the Grand Inquisitor where he's like, we pulled you from the gutter. Like I thought, I thought that scene was great. I thought that scene was wonderful. Um, got another John Wick style scene where, um, the Continental declares Obi-Wan Kenobi as excommunicado. So if you've not seen John Wick movies, watch John Wick movies. You know, they're, those are great films. I love the John Wick films. So yeah, um, we got some time to watch the first week because four is coming out next year, which it was supposed to go on this weekend. It was supposed to go on this past weekend, and it didn't, and, and I'm sad. But Top Gun came out, and I, I, I really want to see Top Gun. I really want to see Top Gun, because Top Gun 
looks awesome. I've heard it's absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, I really want to see that movie. Um, Obi-Wan also bought the gloves for Leia. I love that scene. That was, I think, the only real scene in this show so far where like it's felt like movie-level comedy. You know? Where like the jokes, I feel like, actually funny. Um, where he turns, uh, where Obi-Wan turns to Leia. It's like, and we don't need those. She doesn't put them down. Turns back to, to the cashier and the gloves. I love his delivery there. I thought that Ewan was fantastic. And also, you can tell Ewan adores this character. He loves playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. He loves it. And I love it. I love that he loves it because it's just... This cycle of authentic enthusiasm where he's not being paid to say that how much he, he loves the show and how much money I work on it. Because you can tell he actually had a great time working on the show and it comes through. It comes through. And you felt it with all the shows, honestly. And I know, I know, Book of Felt wasn't the greatest thing ever. And again, I, I did quite enjoy that show a, a, a lot, but... That's a show. You can tell people had a good time making it. People had a good time making Book of Boba Fett. And they had a good time making Kenobi. They had a great time over there making Mandalorian. You know, stories went from the midst of the Mandalorian. It's like, I, I want to work on the Mandalorian. I'd love working on a Star Wars show one day. That would, that's my dream come true is to get to work on a live action Star Wars show. And not, nothing as animation. It's just being there on set, I feel is different. You know, like maybe if it, if it were like a day where like Matt Lanter or James Arnold Taylor or like Sam Witwer were in the recording studio, that would probably be pretty cool. But I'd love to just be there with, um, with like in, in live action. That, that to me is the coolest thing. Um, I love just how sassy Leia is. Uh, a couple of my favorite lines were, don't look at anything, don't smell anything, don't touch anything. And then she just goes, you sound like my parents. I love that. Um, there's other this really great um, dialogue between the two of them where Leia goes, did they say the less you say, the less you give away, but it's really the opposite. And then everyone goes, how old are you? And she goes, 10. He goes, you don't sound like, like you're 10. And then the lady goes, thank you. I, I love that. I really love that. I love the dynamic between these two. It's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. Um, yeah. It, it, oh, just seeing these legacy characters interact for the first time. Because we, we never saw them interact before. We never saw Obi-Wan and Leia in, interact. You know? So, yeah. I just really do love seeing Obi-Wan and, and Leia just be together. And I, another scene I really loved, that I really loved in, in, so far in this in this series, is when he turns to Leia, smiles, and goes, you know, you, you remind me of, of someone... And, you know, he just goes this whole thing about how great this person is. And she goes, was she, Jedi? was she a Jedi? And he goes, 
No, she she was a leader. And you just know that he wants to say that you're just like your mother. You're just like Padme. But he he can't say that. And it's it's so sad. It is so sad. I really hope we see Natalie Portman in this in the show. I hope we see her pop up because you know she's gonna be in Thor four. She has kids now. And I think that like you know being a big part not 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 a big part but um well a a big part of the Thor franchise and the Thor mythology in regards to the MCU. Um. I love, you know, that she's, well, she's seeing the impact that she's had with that on her kids, as well as being a huge part of the Star Wars franchise. So, I think that Natalie Portman, again, could potentially come back and pop up an episode or two of Kenobi. Again, just a cameo, just a quick little cameo roll, but still, I'd, I'd love that a lot. Um, I... Really liked uh, the part where we relay just wants to float. Make me float. Make me float. I really love that. She goes, don't even know your name. And he goes, Ben. That's not, not a Jedi name. Like, just these little moments here and there between b- between Ben and, and Leia. To me, those scenes are golden. To me, those, those scenes are golden. Um, and Ben can throw a punch. Ben can throw a punch. Uh, yeah, so he throws a, he throws that punch, knocks out the bounty hunter. Uh, Leia see, sees him there, and she's like, "Nope, I'm out. I don't know you. I'm running away." Um. Yeah, uh, one line from the Grand Inquisitor that I really loved was, "Kenobi is a lost ember of a dying age. Extinguish him." I love that. I also love how the writers. It feels at least to me. They've managed a perfect blend between the like the prequel writing and the OT writing. To me, they've managed a near perfect like they're at equilibrium there. You know where it's cheesy, but it's still like well written. You know, and I mean, A New Hope is not the most well written movie in the world. You know, but getting to Empire and Jedi. Where the you know the writing is not done by George and it sounds human as as much as as I love George, um, it feels like that, you know. So I think that's interesting. I've, I I feel like that's interesting. So of that, um, one thing I didn't necessarily love was Riva being the parkour inquisitor. That, to me, was a little bit, like, really? 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 Like, I thought it was fine. I just thought some of the, um... Some of the the writing there was a... Like, not the writing, but the choreography was a bit, like... Really? 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 Like, that that was just how, how that felt to me. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the parkour stuff. But it looked cool. It looked cool. Uh, Leia's about to, like, jump off of the, um, off the building to escape. And we want to reconnect himself with the Force the same way that Cal Kestis does. I thought that was great. Um, which, by the way, Star Wars Jedi Survivor was announced this weekend. We are going to talk about that trailer probably sometime this week. Um, 
and it was, it was interesting. It was revealed that Star Wars Jedi Survivors at five years after the first game, which puts it in the same year as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't know if it'll be like... I, I don't... Look, I don't think the Obi-Wan's going to pop up in the game. I don't think Cal's going to pop up in this show. But we could, we could hear some cross-references, you know? Like, there may be a reference that Obi-Wan makes here that we're not going to understand until we, until we play... Well, you guys play this game in next year because it's next-gen only and I don't have a next-gen console, so... Yeah. YouTube squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Haja wants to help out Obi-Wan now. Love that line where he's like, have I done some bad things? Yes. Do I feel bad about it? Sometimes. Do I like credits? Yes. Think all the cool stuff you can buy with credits. I, I love that. I love that so much. He's having so much fun. Kumail Nanjiani is having just so much fun with the show and makes me have more fun with the show. So, yeah. Um, I loved that Reva then did the Kylo Ren thing with sort of like looking into his mind. That was super, super cool. Um, I, I really love the line from Leia. Is it that hard to believe you might have friends? Reva then stalks Kenobi. We learned that Anakin Skywalker is alive. And I'm really glad that we got to see that look on Obi-Wan's face. I'm really glad we got to see the look on his face where he learns that his best friend, his brother, is still alive and that he's not dead. He was not left for dead on, on Mustafar. I really love that. So... Then the Grand Inquisitor shows up. And Reva kills the Grand Inquisitor. I have no idea how that happened. But it did. I have a couple theories. Number one. It was brought up by my brother. That species has two stomachs. So, you know, just a simple night in the back of the tank should fix him. That's the theory I'm subscribing to the most. That two stomachs, Reva just aimed for the wrong place. Another thing. It's, it's possible, however unlikely, however unlikely, I don't, I don't think it's what they're doing, but I'm just going to point this out. It's entirely possible that the term Grand Inquisitor is... You know, when one Grand Inquisitor dies, another one takes its, its place. It's possible that the next Grand Inquisitor is the one that Jason Isaacs plays in Rebels Season 1. And they just happen to be the same species. That's possible. Again, I'm still leaning toward the first one. My other theory is, in recent years, Disney has tried to... Um, I. I shouldn't say Disney, but Lucasfilm was tried to, um, I guess, set up in retrospect, where in the timeline they're trying to set it up, but in real time we know that this came, that Rice Skywalker came first, 
But in Season 2 of The Mandalorian, and in The Bad Batch, we're getting more of these little hints towards Palpatine's cloning on Exegol. We're getting these little hints toward it. Maybe he tried to clone the Grand Inquisitor. You know? I think that's possible. Again, I I still think the first one's most likely, but maybe they're trying to set up an Exegol thing here. You know? Again, I don't think that's likely, but I'm just going to put that idea out on the table. I'm just going to put it out there as something that we may see happen at some point in this in this show. So yeah, Reva kills Grand Inquisitor. Obi-Wan runs on back t- to the ship. And then he says, Anakin. And we just see the eyes open. And it's Darth Vader. And it's Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen is back in the ending of the closing credits. It lists Obi-Wan McGregor. And it goes through the rest of the co-stars. And the very end says, Hayden Christensen. And it made me so happy that we got Hayden back. I I just love that he's back. He's having so much fun. He had so much fun at Celebration this weekend from the videos I saw. Um, where he just goes, where Anthony Carboni asked Ewan and Hayden, like, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on, on the show, like, and all that. And, and Hayden just leans into the mic and he goes, this is where the fun begins. And everyone just lost their mind. And it's just like, I just sat back and I just said, he just whispered himself, thank you. Just because I, Hayden is my Luke Skywalker in terms of the movies. And all stars, I'd still say it's so cool, but in terms of the movies, as far as they go, it's Hayden Christensen. And seeing him finally be welcomed back after 20 years with open arms, that's beautiful. That's beautiful to me that Hayden was brought back. So, yeah, uh, we have some listener feedback, I believe, uh, from the boss. At least I think so. At least I, I think the boss sent stuff in. Yeah, there we go. All right, the boss sent in good little bit of feedback here. Okay. And some of this for, was for episode one, but we're going to go on now. All right, the boss writes into us on Twitter saying, thought Obi-Wan should have had a more gray beard. He had his ginger beard in the Clone Wars. Obi-Wan set 10 years after Order 66. How long is this set before A New Hope? The timeline matters. Yeah, so that's a great question, boss. Um, It's widely believed and known through canon and legends I've also, I think, that there are 19 years that pass between the events of... Um, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. It's 19 years there. So if this show is set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, then it's nine years before A New Hope. So it's it's about the same time distance. Um, I wonder if they're going to address the aging there. I wonder if they'll find some canonical excuse for the aging. Like maybe... Maybe... Um, when Vader and Obi-Wan have their confrontation for the first time, and, and Anakin sees him, he says, like, I'd have thought that the Tatooine sun would have aged you more. Or, like, something to that effect. Obviously, I don't think you'd say that exactly. But something to that effect. 
you know, giving us a canonical reason for why Obi-Wan looks so old in the original trilogy where he's only 57. So, yeah, I feel like they could have given him a bit more gray of a beard, but yeah. All right. The boss also writes in saying, I'm bothered by the fact that Obi-Wan looked unaged. If 10 years have passed after Order 66, you got to have more grays, man. Um, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but, I mean, I think Ewan looks great. I think Ewan looks great. I mean, it's been 17 years since the movie came out. I think the fact that he... Given the fact that it's 17 years in between movies... Um, and it's only been 10 years in the timeline, I think it's fine. I personally think it's fine. Um, but I know that a lot of people... Oh, great, the boss sends in more about this. Okay. <laughs> the non-aging of Obi-Wan is going to annoy me. 10 years after Order 66, 10 years before New Hope, where he's really old. That ginger beard looking too ginger for guys stressed out, chase across the galaxy. I, I get it. I get it, but... Yeah. Again, I still think it's fine. I don't particularly care all that much. All right, last one. It's not about the aging. Thank God. <laughs> Just kidding, boss. We, we love you, man. For all of you who have partners and family into Star Wars and MCU, you don't know how lucky you are. I got to watch this on my own. Eldest kid going through MCU in timeline order, so there is hope, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I watch all these by myself. You know, it, I know in some households where, like, you know, I got friends and we're like, it's a family event where on Wednesday nights or whenever you have the chance to watch it, where it's the Marvel and Star Wars Disney Plus shows are family viewing. And, man, I feel for you guys. I feel for you guys. I mean, but I do get it. Um, at least if it's, like, a good experience. If it's, like, a bad experience, then I, I just wouldn't bother. Like, if you got, like a brother or sister's, like, on the phone all the time and they're not paying attention to it. Or, like, you have a parent or a grandparent who's, like, oh, yes, who is that? Who is that? Is is that Liam Neeson? Like, if, if there's someone like that, just watch on your own. That's really all I have to tell you. Um, but, yeah. If you got a family who's, like, really into all this stuff and, and they commit to watch on Wednesday mornings, that's awesome. That's awesome. You have a great family. So, yeah, that's... But, yeah, I mean, watching the MCU in Thailand order, I don't necessarily agree with that, you know? I don't necessarily agree with watching the MCU in the Thailand order because there are certain things that get spoiled. I am... You know what? I'll save that for the next episode of another podcast that we're doing next week for the Ms. Marvel premiere. But in terms of Star Wars, I've said this before. Here's how I do it. I, I break it up by Skywalker Saga, so the main nine films. Yes, there are nine films. Shut up. And spinoffs. So that's how, how I personally see it. So how you should do it is sort of like a variation of the Machete Order. Where is it? Um, trying to have it. Oh, okay, yeah. So here here's how I would do it. A variation of the Machete Order, which is basically around the two big reveals of the franchise, which is, I am your father. And there is another Skywalker. Where the reveal of 
Luke's true parentage is much better than Empire Strikes Back. That's fantastic. But the reveal of that Luke and Leia are siblings is better in Revenge of the Sith than it is in Return of Jedi. So how I would do it is in is when you're showing that someone for the first time and take notes. A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, then you have a three-part flashback. The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Then you come back with Return of the Jedi, and then you watch the sequels, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Skywalker. Then you're going to watch the spinoffs chronologically. So as it stands now, as it stands now, you have the Clone Wars movie. All seven seasons of the Clone Wars. You can do that chronologically if you want. I'm not going to list the chronological order because it's way too much. Watch season one of The Bad Batch. Soon be season two. Solo. Obi-Wan Kenobi. All four seasons of Rebels. Rogue One. The first two seasons of The Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett. And then if you want to, watch both seasons of Resistance. I actually quite like Resistance. I I'm, I'm, don't hate Resistance at all. So yeah, that's how I would watch Star Wars for the first time. Um, but yeah, that's, again, just just me. So yeah, that's going to be it for the podcast, guys. We're going to be back tomorrow morning on Wednesday morning with the instant take for Kenobi. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to up now for Obi-Wan. Comes out in two and a half hours. Two and a half hours until the show premieres. Cannot wait for it. Part three, here we go. If you guys want to send in feedback at Tuscan Radio Pod on Twitter, it's the best way to do it. Please leave a five star on iTunes. It really helps out the show a whole lot, um, especially with a big show like this, where people are looking for a new Star Wars podcast. Leaving a new five star review on iTunes is one of the best things you can do. So thank you guys so so much for listening. I'll I'll see you next time on the Sons of Tatooine. May the Force be with you always. I have spoken. <laughs>